RBC is a proud partner and supporter of Powwow Pitch and Indigenous entrepreneurs like Squalwen Botanicals' Lee Joseph. Discover her story in RBC's latest edition of A Chosen Journey at rbc.com forward slash a chosen journey. Traditional healing with a modern vibe. Sister Sage, powwow pitch winner, has got you covered. Cleanse your body and spirit with smokeless smudge, handmade soaps and bath bombs. Peace, love and smudge. Join the Sage fam at sistersage.com. Do you have an idea that you're itching to turn into a business? It starts with the website. Visit shopify.com forward slash powwow pitch to sign up for a 30-day free trial to take action on your idea today. Quay, welcome everyone to the Powwow Pitch Podcast, a show empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. I am your host, Sunshine Quem Tanasco, and I'm an entrepreneur from Kitagon Zibi and Anishinaabeg. I got my entrepreneurial start on Dragon's Den selling baby moccasins. And today I'm the creator of Powwow Pitch and Her Braids, an author, water protector, mom, and advocate of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Each year, Powwow Pitch supports thousands of Indigenous entrepreneurs to tell their stories. I launched this podcast to grow the reach of our entrepreneurial wisdom connected to our rich culture and deep roots as Indigenous people. On this podcast, I interview some of the most successful Indigenous entrepreneurs, makers, and creators to share their stories, learnings, and wisdom to lift us all. The Powwow Pitch podcast is a production of Powwow Pitch, syndicated through the Startup Canada podcast network and co-presented by RBC, Shopify, and Facebook. Welcome to the show. Are you hungry for some inspiration to take your idea or business to the next level? Today, we're so lucky to have with us the Anishinaabe founder and chef owner of the Birch Bite, Anna Friggin Cody. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, good. So I'm just going to tell the folks listening here a little bit about you. Who is Anna Cody? Anna started Birch Bite in Kitagon Zibi Anishinaabe. That's the same community. Uh, we're both from the same community as a restaurant focused on providing healthy food with comfort and soul. In 2017, Anna won the grand prize of Powwow Pitch. Through her business, Anna works with the community, schools, and youth to bring knowledge about food sovereignty, indigenous food systems, and bringing back our grandparents' and great-grandparents' way of living. Yay! I, um, uh, I'm so happy to have you here. I was reflecting on our journey together and happy that uh, myself and Powell Pitch have gotten to be sort of watch you grow. Um, and so I, 
I remember you came to the the first or maybe it was the second conference that I had organized for Indigenous women entrepreneurs. And then you definitely uh, came and participate at the first boot camp, uh, Indigenous women entrepreneurship boot camp that uh, I organized. And I have a picture on the powwow pitch Facebook page of uh, me and you standing side by side. And it was just this a cardboard paper and you wrote the birch bite on it. And that was the the beginning of it. And then we seen you again um, at, at Powell Pitch and where you took the title. And then the year after gave away your the, the title to someone else, pass that on. So I'm really happy to be here, uh, you know, talking about this. And can you tell us, tell us a bit about, um, about that story uh, in a little bit more detail, like where you started, how it began. Oh my gosh. That's like, that's so amazing. I, I don't even remember this cardboard <laughs> paper. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, I guess pretty much, um, I got like curious about health, um, and I went to uh, natural nutrition school uh, and being there and then coming back to the community, I was living in the city and coming back to the community, I was reading these, um, these old books that were written, I don't know, maybe in the 90s, I want to say. And they just documented all the elders stories. And there was nothing like they were just about their ways of living and um kitagon zb means garden river right so pretty much all they're talking about is like when kitagon zb became a community all the farming and gardening and things that they were doing uh trading and just like living off the land and i got to talking to more people and uh, during like during the times of like the depression and things like that uh our people didn't feel it as much because uh, we were able to hunt, fish, trap, and uh, grow our own food. And I thought that was so amazing. And I just felt like that that and the health of our people kind of all came, it all comes together, right? So um, yeah, that just inspired me to do something, to come back to the community and to start a business. Uh, when I came back, I had to kind of start somewhere. So I was working at the school and I started working with the youth creating, uh, I had like a tasty Tuesday program where I cooked for the kids and just got them to taste healthy food and something that, um, a lot of them might not have at home. Um, and it was, they, they loved it. Like they began to trust all the crazy things that I brought to them. And then I started a meal subscription program at the school as well for all the teachers. So they would sign up each week and I would bring them um, breakfast and lunch every day. And I was doing that at the same time as working, uh, working as a TA. Um, and then that's when I went to Powell Pitch. I always had this entrepreneurship mindset. So I knew I was going to do something on my own. It was just how to get there. Mm hmm. And so when you came, you were still doing the, the subscription thing where, you know, you're delivering food to the teachers at school and it was it was just there. Right. Yeah, I was just there. I did about uh, 20 to 30 meals each day. Mm. Um, and yeah, so when I went, <laughs> I went to uh, I went to Powell Pitch and I, I had the hopes to uh, 
I don't know, to win and maybe just to do something, um, just to grow the business, I guess, to create a location and whatnot. And uh, from there, I, I moved on to this little trailer that I kind of, um, I guess, like refinished on the inside. It was like a little old bush trailer. <laughs> oh, I don't know how more else to describe it's, it. It's, but... That's the perfect way. It is a little bush trailer that when you walked in was beautiful, like something you'd see in the city, sort of like this tiny little trailer. It blew my mind. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of created this like cute, there was no kitchen inside of it. I had to cook like in um a separate kitchen and I brought the food there and people would come pick up meals every day. So when I won power pitch, I, w I was able to have enough money to kind of fix up a location and quit my job, and just, just cook for a living, which, which was like amazing. And then, um, from there, I, I, uh, contacted like the community and, uh, applied for, I guess like business loans and stuff like that. Um, a bigger location had opened up, so I was able to renovate, build myself a kitchen, build myself a restaurant, and uh, I opened up in October of I want to say 2018. So bad with dates. And so, how long from when you opened up your from the bush bush trailer until the the next restaurant? Like, I feel like you grew really fast, and you have like really solid customers, regulars who come on the regular, right? And when you moved, how long was that, uh, that turnover? It was about, it was less than a year. Mm. Um, I had to like do renovations. Uh, the building I'm in now was, um, it's, it's a fairly old building. I would have to say it was our first ever band office, our first ever police station. <laughs> um, <laughs> a hair salon like it was it was many different things before and it's kind of funny because i have like former chiefs and police officers that come in and they're like oh what did you do to my building <laughs> but um yeah so it was a it was a fast turnover it was a, less than a year um it was a big renovation and uh once i opened up it was it was amazing it was so busy and and still to this day like with covid happening um it there's been ups and downs, I have to say, but for the most part, uh, the clients have really adjusted well to it. Um, there's still, we still do tons of takeout. Uh, people just, they want to eat good food. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Uh, you know what I think is super interesting as well. There's so, uh, Anna, who is my cousin, who is not, um, you know, not like cousin that you meet from out West and you call them your cousin. She is like my cousin, cousin. Um, and so I get to, you know, participate and see and, and really watch it. But in our community, uh, we're touching the French town of Manawaki and we're in Kitagonzibi, but it's literally touching. Now, where Anna's located now is right on that cusp, right? I don't know how many feet would you say where it becomes Manawaki? 20 feet, if that? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like exactly. there's there's you, then there's the band office and then there's the town of Manawaki. Like it's super close. And, uh, you know, there's often this divide. And I know that um, some people from Manawaki, they 
you know, there's this hesitancy to come into the community and they're they're scared to go to the cultural center. They, you know, not a lot of people go to to the grocery store, Casey store. Um, but, you know, every time that I uh, get to eat at uh, the Birch Bite, there's always someone from town who comes in, I think. And I don't know if you know how amazing that is or how powerful that is. Do you how? What do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel like it's so friggin' amazing. Um, there has always been a hesitation. People don't know if they're allowed to come to businesses on the reserve. Mm -hmm. um, and we're so close and so welcoming. Um, like, seriously, uh, there was a higher percentage of customers from town for for a while than people from the community. So. That was like super amazing. And I think for a business to succeed, uh, especially in such a small community with um, like not, not a high population, we need that business from town. And we, we like from Kitagon ZB, we put so much business into town. Like mm -hmm. we spend all of our money in the town of Manawaki. Mm -hmm. um, so I always tell people, like, if you're doing business, like, you shouldn't be scared to take money from people in the town of Manawaki. Like, that's how we're gonna, that's how we're gonna succeed. And um, yeah, people come, we uh, we're it's, it's also kind of amazing, because none of us really speak French that well. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we try, <laughs> we, we, um, we slide in a couple of words we know, but considering, um, considering that we're not too bilingual at the Birch Bite, we still have a lot of customers that come in and we'll like, we'll figure out a way to communicate the menu and they, they still just want to come in to eat. So, I mean, I, I do have workers, um, on and off that do speak French, which I'm sure the town customers like really appreciate, but yeah, for the most part, like very dedicated, um, very dedicated customers. So, so how did you get them in your door and how do you keep them? Like, what's the, what's the secret? Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> that's a hard question. There is no secret. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, quit what? asking me about my special sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this is cliche, but just like whatever we do, we just like whatever food we make, we make because like we feel like it would be so delicious and we would want to eat that. And we want to share that with other people. And when people come in, um, we just try to give them like such a welcoming and like loving vibe mm -hmm. and it, it makes them want to come back um with seating closed it kind of sucks because like uh we miss the vibes of having people sit in and eat and it just like feels so loving the environment but um yeah like we we still just we still just try to 
spread the love, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, 100%. Like when you walk into uh, the Birch Bite, like that's how you feel. It's like warm. It's like, hey, how's it going? Have a seat. Uh, what can we get you? It's so chill. And it really does feel like you're walking into like a kitchen, not a restaurant, but like, you know, your 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 family's kitchen. Um, and even the seating that you have, you know, there's like a cute little couch, like come grab a coffee and chill right out. And I think that's also so important, but it's also reflective of, you know, the visiting that we do as uh, Anishinaabe people, as indigenous people, you know, you show up at someone's house. Oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And yeah, exactly. that translates because, you know, your your parents are very much like that. So, of course, because you were raised like that, of course, of course, your restaurant is going to be like that. You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, you make it sound pretty easy like and and you know like oh yeah then we renovated and oh well you know we were in the we were in the bush trailer and you know but the bush trailer you know didn't have a, a lot of things so like what would you say so far what was your biggest challenge um honestly i have like so much support and um I'm just, I love the hustle and I love like the change, like just to be able to do like new projects and new things all the time. I think the challenge, my biggest challenge now, I would think is um, like, I don't think it was a huge challenge to create the space that I'm in and to move. I think that was super fun for me. Mm. Um, I mean, it was hard work for sure. I'm not saying it wasn't, but like, I totally like thrive at that. Mm -hmm. um, the day-to-day -day operations, I would say is, um, is a little difficult. Uh, employees, I've, I've had quite a few really amazing people that like jump in and are just like kick-ass chefs and can, can do, can do what I do, you know, but it's, um, it's not as easy finding these people as like, I would say in the city where you have tons of tons of chefs, like just looking for jobs all over. Right. So they come, they kind of come and they go, obviously like not everyone sticks around. Everyone has to keep like moving on in life and things like that. Um, one, probably one of like the big challenges too is like, um, another restaurant owner that I had met when I was building the restaurant had told me like, don't make the restaurant about you, <laughs> mm. which I thought was like kind of interesting. And, um, that's like kind of a tough part because that, that passion that I put into all the food and that I cook, like that all comes from me. So like, I have a hard time stepping out of the restaurant and not being there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so like, I have to be there pretty much all the time and like be a part of it. And uh, when other things come up, it, it does create a challenge. But like I said, I have amazing employees that are really like, they, they step in and, and they kick ass. So it's, it's still stressful leaving, but it's, 
I have to have some (laughs) trust in it and it goes well. Yeah. So like, I find that interesting too. Like as entrepreneurs, we create these projects, uh, businesses, whatever you want to call it. And it's our baby. Like we love it. We put our heart, our soul, our effort, it sparks something within us. So it's, it's interesting why that person said, don't make it about you. Um, because really it's feeding your soul and it's feeding that spirit that you have. So I, did you question why? Like what, what is the intent that, you know, that maybe you, that you wouldn't leave? Was it a, a, like that you would have a sort of an escape that you would be able to sell it later? Or did, what did that person mean? Do you know? I, I just took from it, like, um, you're just, if it's, if it's not like just about me and my passion, then I guess like, I could just like, you're able to like throw people in and stuff like that. And they could just do, but the thing is like a lot of these like restaurant owners, um, I don't, I don't want to put restaurant owners under the bus, but like (laughs) there's a lot of food that like comes out of a box or comes frozen and thrown in a deep fryer. And, uh, there's not like tons of craftsmanship behind it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and with the birch bite, uh, we we have new things every day we have a regular menu um when when the farmers have their produce like the local farmers like they just they bring it in on certain days and like we just are able to throw it in the menu and be creative and do things kind of on the fly Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the way the business like my business was created but yeah i think it's more of those like kind of out of the box like they're just taking things throwing a fryer that way it's like you could just kind of put anyone in there and you don't always have to be there you know what I mean yeah and like I'm seeing that because I you know obviously I follow all kinds of people but when people go and eat at the birch bite they People consistently post what they're getting, even now, uh, even, you know, it's in a a beautiful little box or whatever. I don't know what those boxes are called, but like the display and the effort. And it's like friggin beautiful. Like you want to put it in your mouth because it's so beautiful. (laughs) You know what I mean? And colorful and but like how many posts do you still get that you get consistently? I'm going to say, you know, like people aren't posting their uh you know mcdonald's or they're not posting <laughs> there you know what i mean or they go to Eastside mario's you know they're not going to be posting and sharing that but people consistently post your stuff because of that because of you because you made it with love and you can honestly taste it like I, I haven't been there in the last while, obviously, but I the last time I went, I, I have gallstones. I tell everybody who will listen, who will listen to me. But I'm like, I want to eat here and I I can't have fat because my body will hate me. And I'm like, could you can you make something? And you made me this tasty, delicious thing. And because it's you and I, you know, and I still tasted the love. So I think there's something super special about that. And, and I'm not biased at all. I'm saying that now I am not biased at all. That is delicious. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so I think that that don't make it about you. Um, It is about you. 
It's about sharing your love for food. Uh, and how special is that? You know, yeah. and do you want to ever be out of the kitchen? Is that your goal or is that your space that you like to be in? Yeah, um, I love the kitchen. That is my that's definitely my space. Like I miss it every time I'm not there. Um, I guess like just uh, in terms of like expansion, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's all about it's going to be all about like training and um just i guess getting people like getting my workers to do what i do and mm-hmm. and they do they they're amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. but but yeah it's like it's it's the expansion of the business and just like being able to um when i i guess like going back to struggles like when i first the first year i was open I felt like death (laughs) most of the time because like the days were so long. um, And that's what it is, I guess, being an entrepreneur, right? Like, but you never stop. Mm -hmm. And then like, you still have to come home and like take care of your family. So like I cook all day and then I cook and clean all day. And then I come home and I cook and clean Mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's fine. Like I, I love to do it, but like there, there comes a time where you're kind of burnt out. Um, so after that first year of just, and, and catering on top of that, which is nuts, mm-hmm. um, when you're running the restaurant at the same time, um, I had to kind of adjust my hours a little bit and just like, I'm trying to do this to, uh, provide healthy food for people and just promote that healthy way of living. And I felt like I wasn't at the end of the day, I wasn't taking care of myself so much. Mm. Um, so that's when I had to change things up a little bit and, and adjust my hours and just put it so I could have a little self care time in between and people people adjusted to that well like i'm not in it to kill myself like i want people to be healthy but i want myself to be healthy too Mm -hmm. that's a that's a very important part for all entrepreneurs and i think there's a lesson in that uh i i did that the same sort of thing with quemmies with the baby moccasins i just uh wore myself right out and and couldn't do it anymore. And it's not beneficial to anyone if you can't keep up and you're just overworked all the time. So creating that into your life plan where you're like, no, man, I need to go out and and calm down. And in your case, like I, I, you know, you're often in the bush and, you know, you're fishing or, you know, you're doing all kinds of things. Is that part of it? And does that relate to the work that you're doing at the Birch Bite? Yeah, hundred percent. So like, that's kind of the, I guess that's one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur is you can kind of build your own schedule and, and do things like that. And that's like a huge thing for us is it's all about that, like, um, that, like those, that food sovereignty and indigenous food systems. And like, we share, we share that food at the restaurant as well. Like we do use some wild meat and forage foods in our menu. Mm-hmm. Um, with other cultural foods, but like we don't we don't put it on the menu. Like it doesn't sustain a menu entirely. Like our our traditional like belief systems wouldn't allow that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but our traditional like harvesting and preparation methods have always been done with care and respect and like a focus on good health. 
and that's why we share some of those foods we harvest. So it is important for me to take off the time. Like in May, we go fishing. Uh, in October, we go hunting. Um, and and times in between, like we're uh, we just wrapped up making maple syrup. So we had a uh, well. This year, we worked with the school to do it as well. And uh, we had about 200 trees tapped. And and doing that, it's uh, the the kids at the school were able to collect the sap this year but like we're bringing it home and we're boiling it over the fire um it's it's a lot of work you know so in times like that there's been times where i've taken the time to just focus on that um because it's important and uh it's it's uh, a part a big part of the the birch bite and what we do it's like it is a restaurant but i really love to like work with the school and the youth to to um to bring it back and like teach that there as well yeah i i, I the only reason that i i know about that is because yes i follow you like on social media but not specifically uh the like the birch bite you don't showcase that uh, a lot on the birch bite but i think that's a really important piece that uh people need to see and i think that the way that you're doing it you know like you, you know you don't hunt at certain times because you know we shouldn't be hunting and we have to let you know the animals grow and do that and you only take what you need you know and so you're you're doing things the real like anishinaabe way and i think that's uh, a huge piece um and you know i'd love to see more of that on your on the birch bite because you know if you're gonna i know you you got i was it fiddleheads or what it you got someone from um uh, I don't even remember, but or mushrooms or something. Do you remember? Yeah, um, maybe <laughs> what? it was something anyways. And you were like, oh, we're having this on the menu this week. That's awesome. He just brought that in. And oh, yeah, it was mushrooms. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's Kayoki's brother. Oh, OK, so Kayoki yeah. is, is on one of the other podcasts, too. So that's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. I just his brother. Yeah, his brother, does brother that. Is, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's such an important part too. It's something that he loves to do and he brought it and you just like incorporated that in the menu and he's doing it the right way as well and you're doing mm -hmm. it the right way. And so that's where the magic is and that's where the community is and the respect for uh the land and respect for the earth. It's just like, wow. Um you know, I I I want to see more of that. For like, sure. Well, I'm I'm working on um another like I'll call it a sister company that will be um for more hosting and promoting. Uh, not I don't want to say no, not promoting, but <laughs> like showcasing, I guess, that way of living a little bit more mm. based on our our teachings and um, harvesting methods and and uh, things like that. Yeah, because so, I mean, you're already doing it. it. You're just not showing it. You know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah. you're you know, so like, I, I think it, educating people and not just like, yes, our community, like, is obviously, you know, you're helping the community by, you know, you know, tapping these trees and, and getting maple syrup and making it and all that good stuff. You're already doing it. But there are other people who, you know, would learn from that. And, you know, and I know that also takes work because now you're, you know, you don't want to be focusing just on social media, but you're already doing so much good in the community. 
Um, I think you, you know, more people would love to follow suit and you're, you're building this, um, because of, because of love. Oh, <laughs> God, look at us. <laughs> so much love. So much freaking love. I can't even, um, <laughs> Okay, so what would your what would your uh before we wrap up here, what would your final advice be? Um, you know, to someone who's just starting or who is having trouble um, you know, thinking of something. What would your advice be to starting a business or to whatever, open-ended? Okay. Um I just, I believe that if like, you're so passionate about something and if you love it so much, like that's what you will succeed in. Like if it's exuding out of your skin and like, you can't stop talking about it, like just go for it, try it out. Like that much passion is going to, um, it's going to create you some kind of success mm -hmm. and you don't even you don't even know it. And you got to take like my biggest thing, I guess, was taking small steps. Mm. Like I had, you know, 10 years ago, I was thinking of all the great things that like I wanted to do. And it was so overwhelming to come up with like a plan of how to create this huge enterprise, let's say. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait a second. So I, I just started out um, doing little things and just doing things that I was passionate about. And it, it constantly grew and grew and grew. And it's crazy, like how people hear about it, like from all across the country, even. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I'm just this small little restaurant in Kittagon Zibi. But um yeah, I guess it's, it's what we, um, what we stand for. And yeah, so mm -hmm. just, just take, I, I say, just take those little steps. And if you're really passionate about it, um, there's great success to come. Uh-huh. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of baby steps. And I say that all the time to entrepreneurs and every entrepreneur has a different system and a different way of doing things. And things that are comfortable for them. Uh, you know, some people are going to tell you, um, you know, make a business plan, apply for finance. Like, you know, it, it's that that you know, formula that they need to be able to succeed for other entrepreneurs like myself included. I'm more of a take tiny action steps consistently. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm scared or I, I, there's hesitancy or there's something with making a business plan. That's not how uh, I roll. I do, you know, vision boards with pictures. So I see like, okay, that's what I want the end result, but like how I'm going to get there, I like to keep it pretty fluid. And so baby steps is a uh, huge, like the, I can't stress that enough. Like just take one step create one dish, do this, like, and it, they all lead to the next thing and, and sort of try and chill a little bit about it if you can, you know, and let things happen once you take those steps. So I think that that is excellent advice. Um, and I want to thank you. Um, but where can we find you? Where can our listeners go and see what you're up to? Yeah. So check us out. Um, on Instagram, it's Eat the Birch Bite, or on Facebook, 
just the birch bite. Um, and yeah, like we're, we update a lot of all the stuff that we're doing. So check us out. Perfect. Thank you so much, Anna. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always talking. I can't wait to eat your food. I hope everybody who's passing through Kittagon ZB uh, makes a stop and gets to taste all that love uh, in food form and all those years of uh, knowledge uh, right there on your plate. So miigwech and have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today on the Powwow Pitch podcast dedicated to empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. Thank you to our co-presenting partners, RBC, Facebook, and Shopify. To our syndicate partners, Startup Canada. To our producers, Victoria Lennox and Cyprian Shalankevich. And to everyone who makes Powwow Pitch possible. Be sure to visit powwowpitch.org to explore how we can support you to start your business and sign up to our newsletter to learn more about the Indigenous Startup Program to get access to training and mentors, the Power Pitch Competition for your chance to win up to $25,000, and the Indigenous Entrepreneurship Awards to celebrate your success. Until next time, I am your host, Sunshine Quemtanasco. Miigwech. <laughs>